Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is Team of We, Happyville, Mr. Arthur Lewis. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, man. I appreciate being on your show, man. <laughs> now, look, we tried to do this before we had some connectivity issues, but we both in that house, so hopefully everything will go well this time. I hope so, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to get started by first, tell us all about Team of We. Okay, so uh, Team of We, Happyville. So Team of, first of all, it's two, it's two different parts, but it's all put together. So Team of We is having a genuine concern for the well-being of others, having agape love for all. You celebrate each other's talents. You work together, we over me, and we hold each other accountable and no hating. Now, Happyville is the mindset. So it's a choice to be happy or sad. Uh, you have to take ownership of your happiness, and it's not based on how you feel about me or social status or validation from others or any of those this different things. And you find things that can get you in a happy space that you don't really necessarily need money or things like that, but it's something that's not a negative toxin to get you in a happy space and understanding that other humans are here to enhance your happiness but not make you happy totally. You have to have happiness within yourself first and truly love yourself first. Man, that's a great concept. Where did you get the motivation to start it? Man, it started from my job, man, just because at, with the Hall of Wizards, you know, we, we unload, we set up, we play, then we break down, um, and then we just started talking. And we started saying, like, um, you know, that's not team we, that's not team we, let's have a team we mindset of working together. And then it just took on a whole lifestyle of its own. And then uh, my teammates pushed me to get on Instagram. Um, then after my first donation drive, not my first, after like my first big one, well, not even big one, my first big one, I would say, my wife put me on Facebook and um, just kept trying to share the movement, the whole philosophy, the God we love, the happy good, the team of we, and it just, God just took over with it, man. So it's been a blessing. Now, some, some people listening may not know what agape love is. Do you mind explaining what that is exactly? So agape love is the highest love. It's unconditional love for somebody. Nothing you did to earn my love. I'm just commanded to love you and I genuinely want the best for you. And a lot of times the best for you is not really going to help me, but it, in turn it will because if you're in a good space and you love yourself and I love you, the world will be a much better place. And it's not something you earn. It's just that I love you and I want the best for you. Agape, that's the highest love. You know, like the Garnies, the Malcolm X's, you know, Martin Luther King. Like Martin started getting into it down the line, but Martin Luther um, King was all about agape love, you know, and it's, and it's in the Bible, too. That's what Jesus is talking about. A lot of people get it get it confused, like, like Jesus was about love, agape love. Like, you might not even deserve my love, but I'm commanded to love you. Man, is that tough to do? It's tough when you have the mindset of a selfish human mindset, but when you think about it, everybody wants to have agape love given to them. They want to be held. They want to be respected. They want to be appreciated. But the problem is not everybody's putting that into the world. You know, the golden rule is treat people the way you want to be treated. And when somebody truly loves you for who you are, and I'm not saying that when I have a agape love, I let you harm me or harm yourself or do wrong things. That means that I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to love you. And sometimes you have to have a agape love from afar because you also have to love yourself enough to discipline yourself and not let nobody be your punching bag or verbally abuse you. So those are all different things, man, and not retaliating and understand that you can only control yourself. So once you really understand that you can give somebody agape love, but they can also spit it back at you or disrespect you. But if you understand you can only control 
what the world hits you with and control yourself. It's much easier that way. Man, that's that's great. Now you you're on a traveling um, basketball team. It's the I want to make sure. It's, I want you to tell me the name again because I know it's based out of uh, Harlem, correct? Yes, it's called the Harlem Wizards. We're the second oldest entertainment team in the basketball in, in the world. We've been around since 1962, and we have raised a lot of money all over the world. Um, just in my tenure with the team, uh, I've been to Germany with them. I've been to China. I've been to uh, Africa, which was a phenomenal trip. And other places I played, we've been all over the world. And other teams I played, I've been to Spain, UK, all the different places. I went to Armand Jordan with them. That was another great trip. Um, they went to Turkmenistan, but I didn't go that time with them. And um, we just been blessed to go all over. Like I say, we're the second oldest entertainment team in the world. Now, how did you end up playing with the Harlem Wizards? Uh, my big brother, Chief Smith, he played, I don't know, he's probably only a few people that's played with the Nationals the Globe Trotters and the Harlem Wizards. And I was about to stop playing. He called his great friend Broadway Jones. Um, they gave me an opportunity, gave me a trial. Then I played in two games. One of the games at Madison Square Garden, I earned a one-year deal. And now, God bless me, 11 years later, I'm still with the team. Where'd you play college ball at? I went to Canesville Community College, graduated from there. And then I went to Bowie State University, graduated from there. We, was, um, we lost in the Division II Final Four. Oh, okay, okay. So you, so you guys had a pretty good team then. Man, I played with some amazing guys, some amazing, talented guys. <laughs> so, what, what, like, what for you? Um, what was your biggest thing? Um, was it, was it, was it, was it the height that kept you out of D one? No, like, I mean when I when game? I look, no, when I look back on it, man, I just think that. The path that I took, that's the path God had for me, man, to be honest, because the talent, the the, the level and the, of the people that came through that gym in the summertime before, phenomenal NBA guys, overseas guys, and all the talented guys that came from D1 that wound up playing with me, I couldn't ask for a better situation. Like, it's not where you go, it's what you do or where you get there. Like, we had probably about – Nine people on my one team that got paid to play basketball, and it's been many after us. So, you know, when you're young, you get caught up and you got to go D1, got to go D1. But at the end of the day, man, people forget that uh, black college was where we was only allowed to play at first. So a lot of times, black, historically black college get a bad rap, but people don't understand. That's without black college, we wouldn't have never went to college. We wouldn't even have had opportunity to showcase our talents. So the other schools eventually be like, whoa, I think I could win with some of these guys. So we, we, we need to pay homage to those schools. And the, the CIWA tournament is one of the best in the country with all those big-time tournaments. It has so such a rich history through the CIWA. How do you feel about, since you mentioned it, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm assuming you've been keeping up that they come into Baltimore, correct? Yes. How do you feel about that? Because, you know, for the longest, it's always been in uh, North Charlotte. So how do you feel about them changing to Baltimore? I mean, I think it's a great opportunity. To, um, and it, when I played, it was in Raleigh. So it moved from Raleigh to uh, to Charlotte. And I think it's an opportunity to showcase the good in Baltimore, man. And hopefully, you know, it can shine some light on the positive things. It can bring some much-needed uh, economic surplus. But the thing about it is, where will that money go? Will it go to the impoverished neighborhoods? Or will it just go to the keep going to the, to the upper-class people? You know what I mean? To the, the neighborhoods that are already well. 
So that, that's the question that we have to understand. We have to, we'll, it'll be told in, in due time. Um, but I think it's great because a lot of people don't know in some of those towns down North Carolina, the businesses were doing, doing CIW dirty. They raising their prices. They, it was just bad, man. Bad business. So mm. hopefully we can keep the business. Hopefully the, the, the businesses will not try to take advantage of the people and they'll, and they'll lay the red carpet out and they'll be safe. And we can just really show the good side of Baltimore and change that negative connotation, even though it is a lot of stuff because it's a lack of resources, a lack of lack of basic needs that people don't have. So, you know, hopefully this will have people want to invest in Baltimore and revitalize Baltimore, you know, um, and not just regentrification where you only do certain parts uh, for the good of the small percentage, of, you know, the five percenters and the people that pull in the strings. Okay. Now, I want to talk about the difference between, is there a difference between playing entertainment basketball and competitive basketball? Yeah, so the biggest difference is, so uh, the Harlem Wizards, they still play competitive basketball, they? but a lot of it is we're going to play some competitive basketball within the game. We're going to do tricks. We're going to do crazy alley use. We're going to make you laugh. We're going to do funny skits. So it's like basketball on Broadway without the script, playing with somebody different every night. It's that old school up in your face entertainment and it's raising money for your community. So you're saying people you know play against us. And it's just a man, it's just a great it's just happy. I, I just can't explain it, man. Whether you're a baby or 90, you gonna have a good time at the Hall of Wizards game. Um how do you guys prepare? Because it's you know, you're doing tricks and things like that. So like, do you guys run like practice sessions or yeah, so we have training camp in September. And then at the training camp, we, we all split up and go with our specific teams. And then after that, man, we play almost every single day. So something may happen in the game. And we're like, oh, man, that went well. Let's try to recreate that or add that play. Or this play went off good. And then this was a fail. And you do it so much and so many times. It's like second nature, man. Then you tweak your stuff. You constantly tweak your stuff to the show and into the plays and finding the proper angles to just get the best show possible, man. Now you you mentioned that you play like you play multiple nights a week, and you also are traveling nine months out of the year. So how That's do you fact. manage that with family? Man, it's tough, you- man. And without my without without my village, without my my queen, um, my parents, my brothers, my sisters, uh, my mother-in-law, and all them holding us down, um, I don't I wouldn't be able to do, live a dream um, that I do, man, because. She has to hold the four down. She works, uh, take care of the kids, you know, run the practice. She got to be superwoman. Uh, and I'm just blessed to have a woman to hold me down to be able to go live a dream and take people to Happyville, man. But without my village, that's why I say the village, the we mentality, I'm a product of the village. Without my village, without my parents and all the people that loved me and held me accountable was there for me, I wouldn't be here today. Do you have, like, a timeline that you consider and stop to stop playing or – you, you're going to play as long as you're physically able to. Nah, man. It's, it, I mean, I'm 40 now, bro. So it's like, you know, you never know when it's over. It's, it's coming to the end. But I just thankful for uh, my seat, what I've been able to do and travel all these years and still be alive, man. But all good things must come to an end, man. You know what I mean? But thankful for the opportunity to play the game this long. I'm 40 years old now. <laughs> wow. Did you ever compl- did you ever play competitive ball overseas? 
I went overseas for a little bit. I went to Lithuania for a little bit. I played competitive ball in the States. I played in the IBL. I played in the ABA. Um, so that was phenomenal. It was fun times playing in those leagues, man. But um, but I'm just so thankful for these last 11 years, man. Everything came together. Wife, kids, everything. You know, I always had a kid, had a daughter when I was younger. Um, then I had a um, kid a little later on, got married. But um, it's just been blessed, man. I've been blessed, man. Had ups and downs, but I couldn't have asked for a better life, man. Did you did you actually have kids and family when you played ball overseas, or? Yeah, I, had a, I just had a daughter. My oldest who turned 20 yesterday, matter of fact. It's my daughter. Happy belated birthday to her. How was that? Like overseas and, and you know, you playing you be playing a game you love, but your family is so far away. So how, yeah, was how was so, that? How did you adjust? So the thing about so I went to Lithuania for a little bit, but the traveling teams I played with, um, I was able to go over there and perform. So it's like even though I was in the States, it's still like being away because you're not at your house. So it's like all I know really is traveling. Come home for a little bit, go on a road. These last 11 years, it's nine months, you know, that's what I've known. You know, college, go away for a little while, then come back home and go away. So this is the lifestyle I've known. It's just traveling, playing basketball, which was tough because it's like on one hand, you're making so many people happy. But on the other hand, the ones that matter the most to you, the ones that's going to be there for you when it hits the fan, or your fan, like they missing you. But it's like that agape love, knowing that you you doing something that you truly love and you that's your dream, been able to support me. It hasn't been easy for either parties. Y'all deal with it different, but without them, without my village, I wouldn't be able to do it. It would be really hard, man. Grace of God said it'd be a great village. But that's where I get all my strength from, man. God, I just lean on him, man. Like. I laid on him a lot, man. <laughs> I laid on him a lot. <laughs> man, amen. Now, you, you mentioned you're not going to, like you said, you know, you, you just turned 40. Um, you're playing a physical game, but you, you said you're not going to play it forever. So what does life look look like for you after you're done with this? Still around kids, school system, um, group, or working at, like, like having a facility or working at a facility where we just pouring into the kids, just loving on the kids and working on a more holistic approach, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, being with my family, trying to finish a couple more of my books um, and just loving life, man, and spending time with family and working, but still want to be around kids, man. Be around kids. What kind of books are you looking to write? Uh, I'm in the process, so I got another children's book coming out. I just got to fine-tune it. Like, the printing, the the graphics was wrong when we sent it to the printer. And then I'm working on a book, How to Get the Happy Bill in 30 Days. So that's a self-help book. Okay. And, and you said another one book. book. So that means you already have one out. Yeah, I have a book. It's called The King Too Smart to Play Ball. And I tell my little story in the kids' form, what I went through to become a basketball player and adversity at overcoming those things. How long how long did it take you to write it? Two years from start to finish. The whole was it a was it a motivation thing? Was yeah. it a time thing? Uh no, just a, just going through the process of it, doing something you never done before. Um uh, my big brother Chu Smith wrote a book and a couple of my other friends was encouraging me to write a book. But I had like writer's block. I didn't know what to write about. And then I was in my 
big brother office one day and one of my homeboys drew was like why don't you write about something you know then it was like i know about being small and told no <laughs> so i'll tell my story like that and then i just went to writing and i just started trying to recall when i fell in love with the game you know different little memories that stood out for me when i got cut in high school and my ninth grade all those different things and i put in a book man it it turned out well, man. It turned out it came together good. Before we hang out, I want to make sure that you give people the opportunity to, to let them know where they can find you, how they can follow you, and things like that. Okay, so my email is team of we twenty t e a m o f w e the number twenty at gmail dot com. My Instagram is team of we t e a m o f w e, and then I'm on Facebook as an author. Lewis Jr., graduate of Bowie State, and I also have a, a team of We Happyville page on our Facebook. And um, those are the ways you can contact me and get in touch with me. Okay. And I also have a website, uh, team of, team of we happy com. Okay, definitely. Well, again, brother, I want to thank you and, and definitely salute all the great things you out here doing, taking the kids to Happyville, and prayerfully, you know, everything continues to move in a positive direction for you and the rest of the people that you, you're working with. Man, I appreciate you, bro. Keep shining light on people, man. And thank you for the opportunity. Glad we finally got to connect. We had a little technical issue. God bless you, man. Be safe out here doing this virus, man. You too, bro. God bless you as well. And God I want to take this time to thank everyone for listening. And y'all have a great day.